Welcome to this week in Missouri Politics. This week from the state capitol, we're broadcasting on federal inauguration day here in the capitol. We're joined by the Senate Majority Leader, Senator Caleb Brown from Columbia. Welcome back to the show. Good to be here. Let me start off. Uh, you know, it's an odd feeling in the capitol today. The House is gone for other reasons, but outside there's more police presence. Uh, the, the federal inauguration came and went is over by the time we're doing this interview. Uh, what were you concerned coming to the Capitol today? No, we weren't. You know, we'd had, um, had ongoing conversations with FBI folks, law yeah. enforcement around. They had kept us abreast of what they were hearing, and there just was never any credible, at least here, it was never really any credible threats, anything they were worried about. So we felt we had a caucus call on Friday uh, dealing with the safety, but also the COVID stuff, mm -hmm. and everybody just said, hey, let's come into our work. I, I didn't even see anybody protesting today, maybe I, one or two people. I, I didn't see anybody. I'm not, I, they may be out there, but I, I haven't seen or heard anybody. Capital Observer Brian Grace said he spotted two people, and he <laughs> said, tell his mom he's fine, you know. <laughs> uh, let's talk uh, first about the election, how it came out. I mean, obviously, I think Trump ran better than anybody thought, but at the end of the day, I'll ask you the question I've asked if you're other Republicans. Do you think Joe Biden won the election? Joe Biden won the election. Um, you know, there, there are, there's always fraud and there's always irregularities in elections. I think you, in, a, a, in an election where, you know, 160 million votes are getting cast, that's probably gonna happen. Um, but, you know, I think, I think the, all of the various litigation that happened, they did a bunch of it, uh, went before a bunch of uh, courts, many Republican judges, yeah. many appointed by Trump, uh, and, and the outcome was the same, so you have to respect the process. And you have to move on. I don't think that I don't think it makes you any less patriotic if you decide that it's time to move on. Uh, I, I think it makes you uh, believe in the foundations of the republic the way it was designed. Well, you had some folks that had it felt like sour grapes, but you had a few folks that when you uh, because of COVID, people voted differently. In Missouri, you could vote differently, and when you do change how you vote, there's going to logically probably be some some issues with that. I think there's, it's rational to set and look at what happened and can you improve on it? Absolutely, and I, and I do think, you know, Missouri's always, we've had good elections, we get, we know our, our results relatively early in the yeah. night, um, and even this one where there were mail-in ballots uh, and, and uh, absentee ballots in a bunch of different places, the, the process still ended up being about the same, the result was the same, um, and so, you know, like, I, I think it's time that we, we can talk about ways to improve the system without um, you know, trying to burn down the system. So uh, President Trump left office uh, earlier in the day from when we're doing this interview. He had a bunch of pardons on the way out. He didn't pardon Joe Exotic, which I'm personally disappointed in. Uh, but I thought it was interesting. He, a lot of Republicans kind of looked at his law and order, didn't want to pardon people, made you look soft on crime maybe. Trump has went the opposite, pardoned a lot of folks, pardoned folks on his way out. I think it might have helped even Mike Parson pardon some people in December. And now uh, one of your constituents, Jennifer Bukowski and uh, Rex Singfield have said, why don't you look at that clemency list? It is pretty long in the state. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think the, the, the tide has shifted, public percep perception has shifted around what it means to be tough and or smart on crime and so yeah you know i, I think i, I want to live in a world where people uh, have a chance at grace have a chance at a second chance does it mean that that um laws don't exist it doesn't mean that that punishments for laws don't exist but it does mean that in instances specifically as it relates to nonviolent crimes um that, that there are chances to get a second chance and you know when those things happen when those moments arise uh, i think it's good for any president, any governor, take a look at it and, and uh, try to try to uh, throw grace out there when it can be had. Capitol's quiet today, not just because of the increased uh, police presence. The House isn't in session this week because of COVID issues. Yeah. Um, walk me through uh, the, your how you thought about do you have session or not, and walk me through how you ultimately decided to be here this week. Yeah, we got on a call. You know, I think the House made that announcement late last week. We got on a call last Friday. It, 
talked to the caucus. They wanted to be here. We, we have the luxury. Of, there are fewer of us, obviously. Um, we, we are able to distance uh, pr pretty much any, anywhere we want to be, uh, whereas the House, especially in the House chamber, just doesn't really have the ability to do that. Um, so it's easier for us. Uh, you know, we felt like we could get a few uh, committees through the process, get some gubernatorial, gubernatorial appointments done. Um, you know, it, we, we, we feel confident, confident that we can be here. We're safe. Uh, folks are healthy. They're getting tested. And if there are issues, they go home. So uh, we, we feel good about where we're at. Talking about the state's response to COVID, I like how the governor's been tweeting out how any 100,000 Missourians have had the vaccine already. What is your observation of how the state's handled the vaccine rollout? Yeah, I think we're I think we're getting there. Uh, you know, there was a little bit of uncertainty as to, you, you know, who, who was in what tier initially. So we got some constituent contacts uh, from that. But I, I think we're, we're getting to a point now where I think people understand the process. Um, and, you know, I think generally the governor's folks have done a good job. Um, you know, there's there's going to there's always going to be people who need it that don't have ready access to it, at least in the initial stages. Um, and we've got to be prepared for that and do everything that we can, um, you know, to, to make sure that, that that group of people is as small as possible. And, you know, we're going to have probably some, uh, you know, issues with access to the actual vaccination. Sure. And so we'll, we'll get there. Uh, but, you know, it's going to require everybody to be as, as patient, as flexible as possible, because this is not something that anybody had planned for, you know, outside of uh, a couple of months ago. Let me ask you the question. When it comes time, I know you'll probably be down on the list. Uh, both of us probably aren't anywhere near the top of getting a vaccine anytime soon. When it comes time and it's available, do you, will you take the vaccine? Yeah, I'll take it. And, you know, I think I'm, I'm not in any rush to do it. There are people who need it far more than I'm 38 years old and I think relatively healthy. So, um, you know, I, I think the notion of us jumping a list because we're in public office and, you know, Congress people tweeting about getting the vaccine, like kind of rubs me the wrong way. I don't care if they do it. You know, everybody's capable of making their own decisions, but you know, uh, there's a lot of people who need it more than I do. Let's talk uh, real quickly about issues. Uh, you mentioned a couple of things may come up in the Senate next week. You've uh, talked about education reform. What does that look like? And explain that. I mean, in Columbia, maybe a little more plugged in than other places. Yeah. But if you're just a guy in Wardsville or you're a guy in Vienna, what, what does that mean to you? Well, I think it probably means a little bit. Maybe it, it's different than it was last year. I do think COVID has exposed uh, some, some pretty glaring insufficiencies in how we're educating our kids. And in moments of, of trial, um, you know, maybe, I, I think kids have suffered probably more than anybody else uh, throughout this COVID window. So we're trying to do two things. There's clearly stuff that we wanted to do for a long time. So I think the expansion of charter schools, giving parents more influence and more uh, control over their dollars as it relates to their kids. Those are things that we want, want to do and have wanted to do for a long time. Um, but also, you know, finding where those holes that, we, that got exposed are and figuring out ways to give public schools new tools, new resources, more flexibility uh, as it relates to uh, a situation like this. But also, most of the time, we found that when regulations go away inside of a pandemic, we find that we probably didn't really need that regulation to begin with, right? So, um, so I think there's some of that. I, I think the notion, I'll say it as loud as I can, the notion that me believing in this stuff or anybody believing in school choice makes me anti-public education is one of the most glaring, gross, insufficient uh, generalities that anybody can have. And it's what makes politics worse. And so hopefully we can get past that. So with your reforms, you're talking about giving public schools more tools? I want to do both. I mean, I think I, I, I think the notion that uh, and the public schools have done a good job, public school folks that lobby down here have done a good job of saying that if you are for one, you can't be for the other. 
I'm for both. Um, it just so happens they're for one and not for the other. I'm for both. I want public schools to succeed because, as you mentioned, Wardsville, Vienna, wherever else, there's never going to be a charter school in that community, right? There's never going to be really any option outside of maybe a parochial here or there, but they're going to public schools. So those public schools need to be great. They need to be better than they've, that, that, than they've ever been before. And so I want to do a better job here of giving those folks tools and resources and flexibility uh, to do their jobs the best they can do it. Question I've been hit with is if there's not going to be one in uh, Reynolds County, then why don't you just keep in St. Louis and Kansas City? Well, I think there are other places. I think Columbia needs a charter school, and I'm not. Uh, I'm not shy to say that they may need a couple. Uh, I think uh, you know. I think Greene County would benefit from a few. I think St. Louis County would benefit from a few. Um, so I mean, I think the notion that that they're good in St. Louis and Kansas City and don't need to go anywhere else. I think that. Um, uh, that that does an injustice to kids in other areas that uh, that need some. So I, you know, I think charters go where there is a need, uh, according to you know, parent involvement and influence. And I just you're never going to see that in in those rural communities like that. Last thing is COVID liability. W what does that actually mean to a regular person? Yeah, I mean, I think it means that uh, folks who uh, employ uh, on the front lines of uh, the, the response to COVID, whether it's a healthcare uh, individual, healthcare entity, a business who has is trying to figure out how we can get back to work and get back in business without being scared to death that if somebody walks in and gets COVID from somebody else inside their business, that all of a sudden they're liable and you know are going to be sued out of existence. Uh, it, it is simply meant to provide clarity for the business that will absolutely transfer down to the employer, uh, the employee, uh, you know, folks who are uh, buying goods and services from those folks. It's just it's meant to provide some stability. We never knew this was going to happen, and so we never thought this was a thing. Uh, clearly, it has become a thing, and so we're trying to make sure that our laws reflect now the back end of COVID and, you know, getting out of this mess in a way um, that can keep our economy strong. I asked you this question almost a year ago now in Columbia when I come and interviewed you uh, on our live stream. When do you see a time when folks might start to feel normal again? You know, I think it's coming. I, I, you know, in Columbia, uh, other than uh, in Columbia, obviously, you know, is a, a liberal community generally. I mean, but uh, other than people walking around with masks on, I think it's felt pretty normal for a, a number of months. Now, I, I know there are people who, whose lives have been impacted in different ways than mine have. Um, but I, you know, I think we're, I think we're heading the right direction. Obviously, I, I, I think uh, the the distribution of the vaccine makes people feel more confident and comfortable being out, even if they have it or don't have it. Um, and so, you know, I think we're getting there. We're on the right track. And uh, I, I don't like to live in fear. I, I don't want to be stupid. I don't want to do yeah. things that jeopardize myself or people around me. But I also, you know, scripture says don't live in fear. And there's a reason for that. And so um, that, that's a difficult balance to find in a moment like this. But it's one that I've, I've tried to find. And I think we're getting there as a society. Part of that normal feels like when the Missouri Senate, which you couldn't be in session for a lot of last session. Yeah. But you're back this session. Yeah. And, and we're going to try to be here as often as we can. I mean, I, the, we got a lot of stuff to do. Obviously, the response to COVID, both monetary, you know, tools and resources, uh, financially and otherwise, um, we got a lot of stuff to do. We got to work it out for us. And you know, we got a great group of new folks, new senators, Republican, Democrat, um, who are ready and eager to, to, to work. So we're excited. Last question I have is, uh, as the floor leader, you decide what bills you go through for the most part. Um, what if you have a center that really is passionate about filibustering something or, or passing something and they get COVID? How do you handle that? 
You know, it's a good question. I, I think we'll we'll probably take it as it comes. I, I am not I mean, going. Is it easier to answer in January when you have five months of session yeah, left? Yeah, and, and I, I can say definitively, I'm not going to use a pandemic uh, to to yeah. push forward an agenda, whether it's mine or anybody else's. So, I mean, if there's if COVID causes a snafu that we didn't expect, uh, you know, we got to be we we've got to be flexible. I've got to be flexible. We've got to be willing to call audibles as needed, and I think we'll be ready to do that. Senator, thank you for your time. Appreciate thank you, it. sir. We'll be right back with our opinion maker panel, the Prince of St. James, Jack Cardetti joins us after this. All across Missouri, our new car and truck dealers are building strong local economies. When you buy a car or truck in Missouri, you're helping to support over 20,000 Missouri families who rely on the auto industry for good-paying local jobs. You're also helping fund our communities, schools, first responders, and our roads because dealers generate millions of dollars in tax revenue. Missouri's automobile dealers have been the foundation of our communities for generations and for generations to come. The Missouri Automobile Dealers Association, the heart of Missouri. For more than a century, the St. Louis Carpenters Union has shaped our communities. Through trusted alliances, we deliver skilled professional craftspeople, while our business partners provide the kind of quality jobs that keep our economy humming. It's a blueprint that has worked since 1882. Turning Missouri into a right-to-work state stalls progress, wipes out jobs, and kills momentum. Right to work is wrong for everyone. Let's keep Missouri moving forward. Visit carpdc.org to learn more. Your energy needs are changing. That's why at Ameren, Missouri, we're not waiting on the future. We're building it with the Smart Energy Plan, advancing thousands of projects across the state, helping reduce emissions through cleaner energy sources, boost reliability with self-healing equipment, and better withstand storms with new composite poles. Moving Missouri forward and bringing us all a little closer together. That's energy at work, Ameren, Missouri. Welcome back to this week in Missouri Politics. Opinion maker panel time here from the state capitol. James Harris from Franklin County. I saw this week there was a Franklin County carrying Nancy Pelosi's, that wasn't any kin to you, right? No, re no re relative. Senator Justin Brown, Phelps County, welcome back. Glad to be here. Senator Barbara Washington, Kansas City, welcome back. Thank Thanks you for joining Thanks for fitting us. me in. And the Prince of, we have a Phelps County heavy panel here. The Prince of Phelps County, Jack Cardetti, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. Inauguration had to be kind of a fun day to watch. Yeah, I actually think this year's inauguration probably took on more prominence than usual, you know, because yeah. of the attack you had a couple weeks ago, led by, by Missouri's own Josh Hawley. I think the, the peaceful transfer of power is something as Americans we take for granted. Um, and I think it sort of it renewed everybody's interest in the inauguration. Well, it was a great day for Democrats. Last year, the largest crowd ever that had watched inauguration in four years ago, not this year, I assume. Uh, yeah, well, actually, Obama, I think, had the largest crowd, but uh, uh, small hands would probably debate that. Senator Brown, it, uh, I, I have always thought Republicans had the upper hand on law and order and things. And when you think of protests, and you think of a protest that maybe does turn violent, you don't think of those as Republicans. It was shocking to see those people in the Capitol. And I think maybe Inauguration Day does is a little more special to try to put that as far back in the memory as you can have it. Right. And as Jack said, you know, Scott, um, uh, the transition of power is a very, the peaceful transition of power is a very important part of the American experience. And what we saw today is not a foregone conclusion of the events that happened two weeks ago, but I am very glad that uh, the inauguration went off peaceful and safe. So, you know, you walked through here the same day 
out on the lawn here at the Missouri Capitol, and there were people protesting. I, I've, I've never been a big protester myself. I don't know exactly what they're pro I guess they were protesting that Trump really won. Now, I didn't feel unsafe because they were here. Now, I'll be very transparent. I didn't walk out. Um, so I did not realize that we had people here and, but, um, until I left. Um, and I really wouldn't say that those that were here at our Capitol that day were necessarily protesting. Um, I think we have to delineate when there is a gathering, there are rallies where people are there in support and there are protests when people are there in opposition of something. Okay. I think with our state uh, being a super majority in terms of uh, our elected officials being Republicans, I looked at those people as I saw them as I was leaving more as a rally uh, of support of, right, yeah. of, of President Trump and our governor and, and our uh, elected officials here than protesting anything. They were uh, peaceful. Uh, they, uh, to me, for the five or six minutes that I watched them, um, and which is what you should be. So I, I didn't look at them as necessarily a protest. I don't think a gathering of people automatically means a protest, because I'll be honest, um, today, had, had people been allowed to be there, there probably would have been, just from my, org my civic organization, over 100,000 women that would have been there, and that would not have been a protest. That would have been a, a rally in support of the uh, vice president today. James, from your window on High Street, you could probably almost see, you could certainly see people walking down to where the, the rally, I think it was probably a better determined rally, but you turn your TV on and you see people in the Capitol, I, I never see anything like that. Neither did I. And people here, I actually walked by just going back to my office, and they were people from, we might see at Walmart or anywhere else in the state, yeah. and they just came to talk, and what happened was disappointing in Washington, D.C. Hopefully, though, at some point, we're not there yet, but our elected officials will pause and go, you know, the rhetoric's become more heated, more visceral for probably mm -hmm. 20 years. And, you know, we all love America, and what can we do to begin changing that dialogue to make more of a civil dialogue back and forth because, you know, we're on a bad path. Yeah. And we need to figure out, and we all have a responsibility, and our elected officials do, how do we change that? Jack, I, I totally agree with that. There's something, and I don't know if it's social media, I, I, I do feel like we're on a bad path where you can't talk to people. And, and I, I love doing this show because generally the folks on here, you can talk, but, but I'm not sure if you took uh, when they used to have the Medicaid rallies here, when they were going to cut Medicaid, those folks were a different type of person. I don't know if those folks could talk to the folks at a Trump rally. And I think that's, it's a bad, in my gut, it feels like we're on a bad path. Well, yeah, and I think part of it's they're working off of two completely different sets of information, right? Yeah. We used to have the same information in this country, and then we would debate about what do we do, what does it mean, what do we do, where do we go forward, what policies that need to come out of that. Here, we can't even agree on facts, right? The fact that this big lie, the fact that Donald Trump somehow won this election, quite frankly, uh, in my adult lifetime, this is one of the more lopsided presidential context tests that we've had. He didn't come anywhere close. He lost by 7 million votes, lost by tons of electoral votes. But the fact that he was able to then institute, with, with the help of people like Josh Hawley, the big lie, and actually get hundreds of thousands of people to rally around that and try to take action against their government, really concerning. We need to get back to where we agree on a simple set of facts. We might have different opinions on the solution, but we agree what is actually happening. You know, James, it was, I don't know, it's five years ago. You call me up and tell me about this guy, very talented, he's gonna, he's gonna run for AG, he's gonna win. I'm like, whatever, James, no way. Guy comes on, wins the race, takes on the U.S. Senate race, just dominated that race, being talked about running for president. Uh, now, I mean, as Jack said, I think that that opinion is held by a lot of Democrats. It's probably not been a good two weeks for him. What, how's he feeling? What is his plan going forward? 
Well, I think Senator Hawley was standing up for, after listening to constituents, a lot of people that did have concerns about the election or election integrity. Um, I think his future is very bright. I, I think he will continue to articulate what I think the majority of Missourians want as far as someone standing up for whether it's the forgotten person, standing up for pro-life, pro-Second Amendment ideas, conservative stuff. And I think his future is very bright. He's a very intelligent person. Um, you know, I think people, it's easy to blame and say this person said something and that and assign blame. But again, if we're going back, uh, it's not his fault what happened. There were some people that had bad actions and, and they're, they should be prosecuted. You know, it, to me, I think that we all want to think we're in the most important time ever. You know, the Democrats have every level of power in the federal government. It's the kind of thing that, that six months from now, Josh Hawley's probably not. There's going to be some people who throw this at him for the rest of his career, but as far as like a regular Missourian, I think you might see the Biden administration or the, the House majority do things Missourians don't like, and I think Josh Hawley will be in a good place to, to recuperate whatever he might have lost with that, with that set of cards. Just like Democrats did 12 years ago. By the time you got to cap and trade and uh, mm -hmm. Obamacare, everything had changed. Yep. So that's a very good point. Senator Brown, you are a big advocate in the Senate of statesmanship, of finding a way to communicate with people on a respectful level. The Senate's prided itself on that for the most part my entire lifetime. How do you take some of the, the, the way the Senate is and, and try to see that reflected in society more? Well, you know, I'm not going to sit here and lie that I don't have concerns of what this new administration coming in uh, with, uh, uh, you know, uh, newly elected President Biden and, and some of the policies, uh, you know, especially regarding um, taxation. But, you know, today, I think as Americans, uh, we need to, you know, get behind the president, pray for him and wish him well uh, on his endeavor uh, of this new administration. I'll ask you the question I asked Senator Routon. Do you believe Joe Biden won the election? I do. Yeah, I, I, I think that's... Uh, there are folks that will argue that, but I'm not sure that you're, if, if you go to Lincoln Day seasons coming up, but it'd probably be a little different this year, but at the Lincoln Day season, I'm not sure you're going to see folks at the Lincoln Day that truly believe that he didn't win the election. I think most Republicans, okay, yeah, they did. Now you're going to find your social media kooks, but for the most part, he won the election. Now maybe there were some problems, but he, he won the election. Right. I think there were some problems, and I think that we need to continue to make sure that the integrity of our elections are not compromised, but I do believe he won the election. And, and Senator Washington, I, I think that Jay Ashcroft did a pretty good job overseeing the elections. I mean, I Missouri, these are did. local efforts, but he did fine. But I think um, what has been overshadowed with a um, couple of points, um, one, uh, agreeing with Senator Brown um, that we need to pray for the new president, but listen to some of what he said. I mean, it's a totally different uh, inaugural speech today that the first thing he said is, I am the president for all of America. Um, there are no blue states, no red states, no blue cities, no red cities, no blue counties, no red counties. We are all Americans and wh whomever elects you. You know, I, I won my county, I, I, I beat Trump and governor and every other Republican in my county. Uh, my own congressman lost my county, but it doesn't matter. I still represent everyone in Jackson County that lives within my boundaries. I think we take what President Biden said today and remember that um, the strength of who we are is that we are proud to be Americans, regardless of what your uh, beliefs are. And we must remember that this has totally overshadowed this, this, this uh, falsehood that this was a stolen election, that President Trump has never won the popular vote. Um, in fact, I can't personally remember the last time a Republican won the popular vote. Um, so let's remember that and that this 
this is the most secure election because of the non-secure election we had in 2016 where we, you know, Republican uh, committees determined that there was some interference. The one thing I thank President Trump for is you pulled the wool off of the people's eyes and realized that we got work to do in this state, in this country. And if we can really work to unify ourselves, grab onto that one thing that makes us proud to be American, makes us proud to have freedom of speech, freedom of religion, and unfortunately we lost it, but the freedom of the press is in the Constitution. So if Brandon, we do that, bill, we can you heal. You don't want her opposing it, because she could do this well. Let me just real quick before we go, uh, the Senate decided to be in. The halls are a little quieter. That's why we can do this here because the House isn't here. You were on that phone call where the, the Senate leadership got together and said we're going to come in and have session. What was that like and think you made the right decision? Well, I think we made the right decision. You know, um, we, we try to do things and it's easier for us, uh, you know, uh, and the majority on our side of uh, the Capitol and the Senate, you know, there's 24 of, uh, 24 of us to make the decision. So a little easier to do that by phone and, and it was unanimous. Um, you know, we, we decided that we were going to be here this week, you know, not to say that we're not going to be careful, um, you and know. moved some and, pretty big bills through committees. Right. And we it did. wasn't a we wasted did. week at we all. We did. So, you know, we want to try to set an example of, uh, you know, we need to, you know, not, you know, do the right thing, get back to work, uh, you know, respect other people's offices, whether it's, um, you know, masking, social distancing, you know, wash your hands, you know, be careful, but it, it's, it's time for us to you know, to try to get back to normal as, as close as we possibly can. With that, Jack Cardetti, who won the week? Uh, I mean, I think our daughters won the week, quite frankly. You know, the really historic event today, have the not only the first female vice president ever, but African-American female president Kamala Harris. I think it's, it's great for the country, and I think it's great for, uh, for, for our daughters everywhere to see that. Senator, who won the week? I think um, hope won the week. How does because, it your sorority? Um, well, I mean, that's a given. <laughs> um, I think honestly what you're gonna see is HBCUs are gonna win the week because they have, this is the first time ever that a graduate of a historically black college will be in the White House. I mean, we only had two black people, so. Yeah. Um, but um, I think they will win. Um, in fact, um, my computer in my office is going now with a Zoom call that I'm hosting. Uh, with members of another organization she's in uh, called the Lynx Incorporated. And on my phone was Alpha Kappa Alpha Zoom. Um, our international president um, has been very uh, involved uh, and, and supportive of Senator Harris. Awesome. I'm sorry, Madam Vice President. Yeah, there you go. Um, so I, I think HBCUs will win the week. Alpha Kappa Alpha has been around for 113 years. Um, we're proud. But, you know, that ain't going to make more, this isn't going to make more people come. But what it will do is it will sustain uh, our historically black colleges and universities because you have someone in there that understands the importance and takes the stigma off that being a second class institution. Senator, who won the week? Reverend Carl Gock, uh, the uh, uh, chaplain of the Missouri State Senate. Uh, the last couple of weeks, you know, we've been talking about it here in the last few minutes about how trying it is for the country and the state. And, and uh, Reverend Gawk has not taken his eye off the ball in trying to, in every prayer that he leads every day in the last two weeks of being unified no matter what side of the aisle you're on. We're all Americans. That's why we're being, you know, sitting here being able to have this conversation. So I uh, really appreciate Reverend Gawk. Who won the week? Senator Roy Blunt for running a uh, successful, safe inauguration today. And in the era of COVID, that's 
adds a lot more complications and challenges. Uh, State's got a lot to be proud of with uh, Senator Blunt. I, uh, I'm going to say I think the Senate won the week. I think Senator Schott, Senator Rowden being here, planning it out and having session, it, it, it feels more normal when things are back to normal. And being here in the Capitol, talking about bills you guys are moving, I think is, uh, is the right way to go. Hope you'll win the week next week by joining us back in our series in St. Louis for This Week in Missouri Politics. This Week in Missouri Politics, sponsored by the Missouri Association of Career Fire Protection Districts, Spire, and Sterling Bank.